0: hey there everyone welcome highfalutin ski podcast episode number 113 yes this is the 113th episode boom boom it is your pals mario and brian mario what's up
1: 13 is my lucky number so i'm thinking this is going to be a good podcast i'm pretty excited for today and uh what else is there to say 113 episodes That is a lot of episodes. I hope I live to be that many years old. That'd be kind of cool. Hey, you know, with that whole CRISPR technology,
0: it's very possible that could happen.
1: And I saw this whole thing on uh, Vice did the whole stem cells with people like injecting themselves with their own stem cells. That'd be kind of cool. We're
0: going to be blood doping ourselves. It's going to be a normal thing.
1: Self-doping. I like it.
0: Yeah, we're going to be, it's going to be very interesting the next few years. Genetically
1: engineered and self-doped.
0: I just realized we're actually getting very close to our three-year anniversary of doing this podcast.
1: Damn,
0: we hit it. I think it was mid-March of 2015 that we started. So yeah, we're gonna have to do a little uh, ceremonial ceremony. We Is have to push them out for the Is homies. That redundant, Mister Redundancy,
1: sir. That's right.
0: I'm okay with that. Yeah, we do our. Uh, we'll do a three-year anniversary soon. I think so. We should actually. You know what we should do? We should listen to the first episode. On the anniversary
1: we should listen make to it fun make fun of it. of it
0: yeah totally we should like mystery science theater 3000 ourselves for the uh three-year anniversary
1: because i've actually talked to a bunch of people recently because a lot of people find out i do the podcast i don't really throw it in people's faces but when they find out i start telling them about it and like oh wow that's cool like how was it and they they start asking like how was it when you started i'm like we really kind of sucked when we started from what i think now but well,
0: technology wise, format wise, you know, we were just kind of figuring it out. We had a, we yeah. had a dream and we had an idea and we ran with it.
1: But we went in with the idea that we're going to learn and get better. So it was kind of like, you look back on it and I'm like, yeah, we kind of were clunky and we had some problems and we had some quirks that we worked out, but it's, it's great. I think how
0: uh, to use the microphone on the laptop at first. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, the first uh, time we did it, we had used my laptop and then three of us were sitting around it and not realizing that, you know, where the microphone even was on the laptop. So we're, it's like one person you can't even hear another person that you can semi hear and then me you could hear because I was in front of the laptop. So. Yep.
1: And then even the speaking, there was a lot of ums and a lot of uh, and it was, we were conscious of that. We were constantly like listening to ourselves and correcting ourselves and getting better. So I think we've come a long way.
0: I know my uh, my lean on word
1: now is so. Whenever so. I
0: introduce a segment, I'm like so, blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> so see, I just did it. So I got to work on that.
1: Oh, so, God
0: damn it. Hey, it's all right. That I works. To punch myself in the dick every time I say so. That
1: <laughs> be- Dude, that's that's one yo. You that's owe how you
0: learn. That's how you learn. How you that's learn how you do it. So thank you everyone so much for listening to this madness. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, ski we are on the socials, twitter.com slash ski podcast, facebook.com slash ski podcast, Instagram.com slash ski podcast. Soundcloud, we are the highfalutin dash ski bum. And on Pinterest, we are the highfalutins. I was so close to logging into SoundCloud and uploading this week's podcast.
1: Just do the just do the one.
0: <laughs> it was it was I, I was ready to do it. And then I, of course, my little freaking fly. Lizard brain, like got distracted super quick, and I did something else instead. But
1: I do that all the time. It. It's horrible. I
0: really thought about it. So one of these days, SoundCloud will be updated. But now it's pretty much just a, a vault of all sort of uh throwback episodes,
1: time capsule, time, if like you it.
0: will. Yes, if you will. And also too, if you guys could subscribe and rate us, we really would appreciate it. I think there was a new link, Mario, you sent over to me that we can put on the site. It's like a direct link for itunes reviews right
1: i put it on instagram and facebook and when you click on it it basically launches your um the app the app store and then it goes right in so you could do the uh the review right there so uh, brian i'll you know hopefully we'll get that updated on the uh, outline and then you can you can just click on that if you're if you're on an iphone if you're on stitcher you still got to go through stitcher but it's not as a pain in the neck as uh I, itunes
0: yeah the itunes podcast store is really tricky to negotiate the other ones the newer ones that come out with a much better ui experience to to kind of yeah. do that so
1: everybody has the same argument with it too it's like they were supposed to upgrade it and they didn't so
0: yeah they were supposed to add podcast functionality download functionality to the stupid apple watch they haven't done that either Thanks, Apple. Thanks, Steve Jobs, for dying and freaking leaving this
1: ghoul. I blame, I blame Steve. Tim
0: Cook. Tim Cook is a great, you know, logistics guy, but he sucks in terms of vision and getting user experience right. He's a great pain in my ass, is what he is. You heard me,
1: Tim. Calling you out. Calling you out. What are you gonna do about <laughs> it? Probably. You know what I'm gonna do? I think we're gonna have a little Operate today.
0: It's time for oh, oh, Opry today. Cool there. I like that.
1: Ah, there we go. So
0: Mario, what pray tell are you consuming this evening?
1: So, seeing as I'm in Florida now, and seeing as we just had the Daytona 500, Woo! Woo! I'm celebrating with uh, a good old favorite at the race: a good old-fashioned Bud Light. Why not go back to the back to the roots? Keeping it real, keeping it dilly dilly. So, if anybody hasn't had a Bud Light, this is the dilly dilly beer. Um, actually, there's been a lot of discussion.
0: Stupid ass marketing campaign.
1: <laughs> and there's been so much discussion about what does it mean. And they even talked to the marketing people at the company and they're like, it means nothing. That's what's so beautiful about it. It's just it's something that retarded people can yell at each other. Yeah.
0: And like everyone's like, yeah, dilly-dilly. They said the freaking US women's hockey team after winning, like beating the Canadians, were like dilly-dillying. Ah,
1: yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Dilly dilly.
0: Uh, it's just, it's I wonder how many different terms they had. And they're like, well, what about Yari Yari? Mm, It's kind of weird. It's a little too, you know, Czech sounding. You know, they probably had a couple different
1: phrases they were working with. But linguistically, there are different phrases and words and stuff that trigger different feelings and emotions. So I'm sure they went through stuff and they were like, Dilly Dilly just seems to strike you right. And then you know what? It hits home pretty good. It rolls
0: off the tongue. You can yell it very easily. Yeah. Very
1: unoffensive, you know. It doesn't really get confused with anything else. Like you yeah. say, Dilly Dilly, and they're like, okay. <laughs>
0: like, you know what? That could have been Vlasic. They could have had that decades ago. Instead of that dumb stork, they could have gone with Dilly Dilly.
1: They might have pitched it to Vlasic, and they dug it out for Bud Light, and they were like, <laughs> yeah, right fuck right. those Vlasic guys, because they didn't want to take our idea. Yeah,
0: back in 82, I proposed this to Vlasic. <laughs> Apparently Bernie Sanders worked at this marketing company. <laughs> I sent it to Vlasic Pickles. They didn't want they didn't it. want to. to have it. Bud Light, I said, do you want it? They said, we'll take it. I said, okay.
1: Okay. He's it was almost dope. like Costanza, right? Mr. Costanza?
0: Mr. Costanza, yeah. <laughs> I said, okay. He said, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Dropping my cabana close. Good old party. So this is a, uh, what do they consider? as a pilsner, a light pilsner beer. It's about 2% alcohol.
0: Isn't it really just like crocodile urine?
1: It's about like, uh, well, I tell you what, this is like over the years, like, I'll switch to the Bud Light, especially if I'm uh, like watching football all day. You just can't drink like 7% IPAs and still stand after like a whole football game. So I have a bunch of these uh, Bud Light. Is that uh, Bud Light's good? Coors Light's a little lighter. I think that's a little more like water. So it's kind of the other water to hydrate. So. Exactly. Exactly. So I kind of go between those two, but I figured, you know, you know, Budweiser for as much shit as they get and, you know, I don't drink their beer all the time and yeah, I I get it. They actually do sponsor a lot of sports and a lot of events. So it's kind of cool that at least they're putting money back into fun shit, you know?
0: Yeah. They're not spending it on better beer research. Yeah. Well, it probably should be.
1: They're spending it on more fun. So, hey, maybe the beer's not great, but hey, you're having a lot of fun drinking it.
0: You know what? They're like, let's just put America on the can and they're going to sell thousands of more pallets of this. Delicious.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. I have a can of Budweiser that's been sitting in my garage for the last, well, I've only been living in this house for a year, but I had it in my fridge for a year before that. And I want to keep it. I want it like the temperature. It's gone from like minus 10 to like a hundred already. So I'm curious how it's going to change the properties of the Budweiser. And my Hmm. intention is to save it until my son turns 18 and then we'll crack it open together
1: (laughs) and then you'll both consume it and get violently ill probably
0: it'll give us stem cell reconstruction boom to be 113 that
1: might be the cure for everything that ails you one or the other you know just never know yeah kind of like the aging like the four locos that you have there it's like the aging that they do now um of like the dogfish 90 uh, dogfish 120 yeah you get it you hold it like the big thing is holding it for like at least five years so
0: i've got a couple dogfish that are about five years old in my fridge so next time you come five. up you gotta break those
1: out i've had three year which is pretty good kegs that were aged three years uh really good and i've had the five year within the same week because for some reason bars near me broke it out around the same time and there was a difference. There was a big difference. I was like, wow. I was very surprised.
0: Wow. Yeah. I have some of it lingering for quite a long time. So those could be pretty good by now. Yeah. So, yeah both I think
1: were pleasant surprises too. So I
0: think when my son turns 18 in 17 and a half years, I'm going to have a bottle of Macallan 18. Ooh. That Four Loco can. You buy it
1: now. Because.
0: <laughs> no, that's the thing. I, I'm intending to Gotta buy it. Buy it now. <laughs> I was going to buy it last year. Then I forgot to. Now I keep. Forgetting to, but I, I want to get
1: it sooner and hold it. Dude, make it rain Bitcoin and just buy that shit now.
0: Dude, McAllen 18, that can of Budweiser and that can of Four Loco for his 18th birthday.
1: Boom. There you go.
0: Start with the Budweiser, go to the Four Loco. Actually, probably start with the McAllen, right? That's probably the best one to start with. McCallum, Unless you want to
1: pre-pound with the Four Loco, that's kind of like. Yeah, but then
0: his palate's going to be gone and who knows that's what. True. It could like melt his organs at that point. Being... Yeah. You know what will be... Jesus will be 25 years old. Oh man. That's gross.
1: Yeah. But so if you get McAllen 18 and you age it for like another 18 years, right? It doesn't age though in the bottle. It's not aging in the bottle, right? Yeah. I get a barrel age myself. Oh, you get the little barrel. Yeah. But then you're going to get the little, the angels, the angels cut, right? The angels, whatever. Angels share. Yeah. Angels share. So it's going to be like a lot less. The than devil's cut is it sticks in the, in the wood. Ooh, that's the Jack Daniels double cut. <laughs> it's Jim Beam, isn't it? Jim Beam. Is it's it Jim, Jim or Jack? Not I terrible. don't even. It's no, no, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, you'd have to. How much would a barrel cost? Depends what kind of barrel you get. Macallan eighteen barrel.
0: <laughs> well, I saw. We don't have this as a story, but I saw like on the Rob report they had a. uh a Macallan, a special edition going on sale. It's only four barrels going to the U.S. It was made in 1977, or it was yeah, originally barreled in 77. Holy oh, crap! Uh, it's going for like 15 grand a bottle.
1: Damn. Yep. Good so stuff. Macallan 25 year old is going right now. They're saying 1,300 bucks. Yep. 18 year old. They're talking 239.
0: I found it for 210 in Connecticut. that's not bad. No. So I got to pick it up there before they might as well just go
1: for the 21. They're, they're saying the fire Oak, 21 year old three eighty-nine. Why
0: don't I get both? You both get them all. I want the whole family. Here you go. 18 to 30. Let's get one of each. you Mm -hmm. know what? Let's get two of each. Let's party. Yeah.
1: Just call up, but like, give me two of each.
0: All right. So I am drinking. I have a weird one today. I, uh, I actually haven't drank in like five days, which what? doesn't really, it sounds kind of sad that it's, I've even counted this long.
1: Hashtag but, sad. Uh, yeah. It's like, I, uh, I, I just,
0: I didn't feel like I drank, a, I've drank a lot of beer lately and I just, it makes me all bloated right now and I, I'm trying to be a little healthier. And you uh, don't look at a
1: swimsuit with the bloating and all. I know.
0: Yeah, nobody wants that. I, uh, so I decided to just pop into my, my liquor cabinet and just find look for something random. Nice. And I found something very random. It is a Baron Jaeger honey and bourbon. I like the Berenjager. For those in the know, Baron Jaeger is actually like a German honey liqueur. And at least a, at least a few years ago, I don't know how long this has been out, but they made a honey and bourbon version. And it actually uses real honey. Unlike that Honey Jack, which is kind of fake tasting and a little bit gross. This is really, really good. It's a little bit sweet. I You know, I, it's, I had to put a couple cubes in. I actually, I was getting a little experimental and mixed it with some mezcal, thinking that might be good.
1: <laughs> no, huh?
0: Well, the mezcal I had, when you smell it, it smells like burning tires. Mm, which, delicious. You know, not exactly the most pleasant on the palate smell. And I thought maybe the burning tire smoky smell mixed with a sweet honey Burning, honey,
1: burning honey tires?
0: It might work. Right, it did not work. So you know we're going just with the Baron Jaeger, honey and bourbon right now. Which I again, like that you looks, went for it. You know what? Someone's got to do it. You just Still never a bit know. Sweet, but it has a. It's got a really nice, smooth, desserty kind of flavor. You're looking for something a little bit on the sweeter side, and you the honey jack is too fake tasting. This stuff is legit. So,
1: so I can attest. Uh, the first time I had like a hot toddy, it was basically chamomile tea. And about two shots of that in a teacup. Awesome.
0: That's delicious. Yeah.
1: The Baron Jaeger in there. It's like a honey thing. You don't have to add honey. It's like a honey great for like your whole that's like medicinal. It's it really healing.
0: Is. It's it's it really smooths out your uh the tea and it gives it a nice flavor and it'll put you right to sleep.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Especially on a nice ski day sitting by the fire.
0: Yeah, this this stuff is really good. Again, like I said, in tea or yeah, in like a flask if you're having it on the mountain.
1: I, w- really nice. I would suggest anybody that hasn't bought it, because a lot of times, like I'm the same way. Like if you don't know how to taste, you're like, yeah, I see it. It has, it has like the little um the bee was it a beehive uh <laughs> bottle top, right? Um but yeah, if you if you see it, definitely grab it and try it. It looks pretty cool and it's uh delicious. Yep, because it was intimidating. You're like, I don't know if that's gonna taste good or it's gonna be shitty. It could be like Fireball, but Honey Fireball. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like Fireball, so it's it funny how so many, something
0: like cheap, stupid drinks have become popular. You know, just, yeah. I don't know if just good marketing, but there's so many good, really tasty, you know, things that are just kind of sitting right next to it on the shelf, collecting
1: dust. I was out last week and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, let's do a real shot. Let's do Fireball." And after laughing, I was like. No, I won't do fireball. Like, oh, you don't want to do fireball? I'm like, no, let's do Jameson at least. Like, at least it's whiskey. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's too strong. I'm like, really? Like, you you can't do a shot of Jameson or something? Like, I was like, whatever.
0: <laughs> Those are people you shouldn't be hanging out with.
1: Yeah, yeah, I kind of realized that. I was Got like, the cord. Yeah. Out. And then there's another one, green tea, that they like doing, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's like a fruity ass. Yeah i went
0: out once with some of my wife and her coworkers at one point and they were doing those pickleback
1: shots oh yeah
0: i was like never again do i ever hang out with these people
1: that lemon drops i'm like grow up and do a real shot like really (laughs) and that was a dude asking for it i'm like what kind of shot are you doing like if you can't if you're doing a shot that in the old west time you would do the shot and get shot that don't do that out in public
0: yeah and then some chick's going to find him cute. He's going to bang her, get her pregnant, have a kid, and weaken our species because of his little bullshit, freaking nonsense, fireball, pussy shots. There you go.
1: Thank you, pussy shots. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. All right. Whew, that was a nice little, that was a little intense. segue.
0: Let's get into the Genjula.
1: So our pal Frank did it. So, oh, punching the dick. Oh, so, punching the dick.
0: See? That's how we learn. Our pal Frank right in the baby is making. going through a, uh, I wouldn't call it a, a trial or tribulation now. Our pal Frank, he has to go for a drug test.
1: Giving stuff up for Lent, let's call it.
0: Giving stuff up for Lent, if you will. Perfect. Instead of having a bean of the week, Frank has given us some drug testing tips. From the good folks at Normal, which, uh, if you're not familiar with Normal, they are, oh my God, I'm forgetting what their acronym stands for. It's like
1: N O R M L.
0: Their mission is to move public opinion sufficiently to legalize the responsible use of marijuana by adults and to serve as an advocate for consumers to assure they have access to high quality marijuana that is safe, convenient, and affordable.
1: that, That got the crowd gone.
0: Yeah. This was interesting to me to read regarding drug testing. One of the things they talk about for marijuana is that if you are a infrequent user, it should only stay in your system for one to five days. Boom. One to three weeks if you're a regular user, and four to six weeks in multiple daily users.
1: Yeah, that's wake and bake shit right there.
0: Yeah, if you hit it pretty hard, four to six weeks. I always thought it was 30 days regardless.
1: That's what I thought too.
0: Yeah. There's all kinds of different tests you can use. But the big thing is to just to hydrate yourself. Water is fine. Contrary to a popular rumor, there's no evidence that golden seal, vinegar, niacin, or vitamin C help. However, high dosage aspirin may reduce the sensitivity of the emit urine test for pot many people wash themselves out for several days in advance by drinking a lot of a lot and exercising but there is no reason to think this is useful in no case should you give your first urine of the morning since drug metabolites tend to build up during your sleep
1: Hmm. so you wake up at like two in the morning and stay up for hours before you give a drug test right
0: that's one of the things you could do yeah While you're loading up on the water before the test, you may also want to take a large dose, 500 to 100 milligrams of vitamin B2, available in B-complex multivitamins. Hmm. The purpose of this is to color your urine yellow, since otherwise you are likely to produce clear, watery urine, which makes some collectors suspicious.
1: (laughs) Huh.
0: Yeah. Contrary to rumor, vitamin C won't help. In rare instances, some labs will reject a sample for being too watery. In this case, however, they will typically give you a second chance. Wait until your test results have been confirmed before indulging in compromising behavior. That's pretty funny. Hmm. Nice. Uh, there are a lot of different things in here. You know, drug screens, tampering, blood tests, hair tests, legal challenges.
1: So, do you think uh, a lot of the gentlemen in the NFL have followed this rule?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know how it works in the NFL. How... NFL,
1: I like thought they, they only get reported as failing a drug test as if they fail like two times or three times in a row or something like that. It's like they give them a, a bunch of chances. I'm going to look yeah. it up right now. And
0: not like there's, you know, the ones that are really strict. I know the UFC does it. They actually like watch you piss.
1: Yeah. They like drink it while you're pissing, right?
0: Yeah, but they also have it. They change their, their rules, which I mean, you have to pretty much smoke it within like two or three days of – know your your fight to be to get in trouble even then it's like it's really not even performance enhancing at that point
1: damn
0: yeah we'll have the link in the show notes if you do have a upcoming drug test and you need to perhaps find some ways to get around your marijuana consumption laws and you are working for some sort of fascists who test you for that bastard bastard and you know what do you really want that job yeah. Do you really want that job if they're going to test you for weed?
1: Mm-mm-mm.
0: You have to ask yourself that question. We can so, answer that for you.
1: So stage one, they enter, so they fail one test, but this is for everything. They enter a 90-day program and subject to a three-week fine and advance to stage two. Stage two, unannounced drug tests up to 10 times a month. And marijuana is separated into its own discipline structure so marijuana is like treated all differently dui think, is different
0: system longer than anything else
1: i don't even know
0: i thought like coke or anything got out of your system a lot quicker
1: i think it's bullshit i don't think it stays in your system all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were looking up stuff and then we found out that I didn't even realize, but like there are places that, that test for, um, nicotine, nicotine. Yeah. Like, who tests for nicotine. But I guess there's like a hospital we found out tests for nicotine. I was like, they have a smoke-free policy. So they test for nicotine. I'm like, what if you just have the nicotine patches? What if you are just addicted to that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right. Like that's Or you love the gum. Love the gum. Yeah. It tastes great. Right. Tastes like tar. I love tar. (laughs) Have you tried it? No, I smelled it and it smells nasty. I'm like, now I know why people don't quit. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: But I don't know. That was a long time ago. Maybe it's changed. And I really, my brother is, is back smoking again and I'm like, shit. And he's like, it's just so hard to quit. I'm like, Gotta quit, dude. But it's easy to say from the outside. I mean, it's really—I feel bad for people that are uh, on that, on that, you know, cycle. It's just—it's an evil thing. It gets you right back on.
0: That's how the scientists formulated it. They wanted to make sure it was as addictive as possible.
1: But I have to drink my beer?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, we got one story while we're still here in the gondola. The good folks in Colorado have decided that uh, Girl Scouts can sell Girl Scout cookies in front of weed dispensaries now. Yeah. Another (laughs) one. The Girl Scouts of Colorado have updated its cookie sales policy to allow Girl Scouts to sell their boxes outside of cannabis dispensaries.
1: That sounds perverse right there. That whole sentence. Only to you, good sir. I'm just saying, maybe they should have worded that differently.
0: Uh, think, I'm an editor. I think that's just coming from uh, coming from you. <laughs> uh, this is a change of heart for the organization, which previously banned selling up, uh, setting up booths in front of dispensaries. In a deleted tweet from 2014, its Colorado council stated, "If you are wondering, we don't allow our Girl Scouts to sell cookies in front of marijuana shops." Or liquor stores/slash bars. Under the new policy, Colorado's Girl Scouts will be allowed to set up cookie booths in front of previously banned adult-oriented places like dispensaries, bars, and tattoo parlors.
1: So there you go. So now, if you get a tattoo, Oh, Girl Scout cookies while you're getting a tattoo—that's actually a great idea.
0: It's not a bad distractionary move, right? Have a, little, a couple Samoa's. While yeah, you're I don't know the, why that's uh, tattoo I don't know... rock.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that's classified as an adult-oriented place. It's just a tattoo.
0: Yeah, but you only—I think you have to be eighteen or older to get a tattoo legally, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, isn't wouldn't wouldn't a voting
0: booth be considered adult-oriented then because kids can't vote?
1: Well, here's the other thing. So you have a, a grocery store that sells alcohol. Do they consider that under the same classification, and they won't let them sell in front of a liquor store?
0: That's a good point. Probably not.
1: I don't know. It's a little weird. Yeah. I wouldn't think a uh, tattoo place would be on there, but, well.
0: This is a really smart idea.
1: I think it's great.
0: So you can buy a Girl Scout cookie strain in the dispensary, and then get your Girl Scout cookies outside.
1: Well, Girl Scouts are facing some headwinds right now. So I have some inside information because... My two nephews are in Boy Scouts. My my brother-in-law is like big in Boy Scouts. So they said it's like um, that whole thing where they just came out with the Girl Scouts and they said uh, girls can be in the Boy Scouts. Uh, they say it's a big problem when girls get older. They want to do a lot of the adventure stuff. And they say sometimes, well, in most cases, a lot of the troops for the Girl Scouts haven't been providing what the Girl Scouts want to do for some of the adventure stuff. So they want to do the stuff that the Boy Scouts do. So it's kind of this whole, there's a, a little bit of argument in in inside the scouts of, well, you know, the idea was for boys to do boy things and girls to do the girl things. And then there's the transgender and the, you know, all the other stuff that comes into play. Is there but a transgender scout group? I think, I think they don't disallow it now. I, I don't even know. There's all this stuff going on now, but, you know, so the idea was that they were, you know, the whole way they were, Based was well, it's a, a it's a thing for boys to do, you know, activities. Well, no matter what they are, they could be doing sewing, they could be doing cooking, they could be doing, you know, jumping out of an airplane, they could do scuba. Diving, it doesn't matter. But it was the idea that boys do stuff together, and then the idea of the Brownies and Girl Scouts was girls do stuff together too. But now it's kind of breaking that line, and I think it's hurting the the Girl Scouts even more. So I know the Girl Scouts are actually trying to revamp their program and it's kind of one of the things that they need to look at what do their girls want to do you know i mean that's what it comes down to is yeah you got
0: to evolve you got to change you know if your girls want to do more adventurous stuff then you got to put more adventurous stuff in the criteria
1: yeah i mean do some of the same stuff the boys do i mean now if, it, if it's a matter of they want to do stuff with the boys well that's a different situation but i think it, a lot of it at first that's what colleges is for activities. yes there we go <laughs> Well, and it depends what college you go because some colleges are still separated with boys and girls dorms and stuff like that. Very true. So, yeah, or well, girls' schools, there's all girls' schools and all boys' schools.
0: Yeah, but you know, I think pretty much now, if you are uh, like, if it's all separated into like girls' dorms and boys' dorms, if you're in a girls' dorm and you're a guy, I'm sure if you really wanted to, you'd be like, I'm actually trans, I'm actually becoming a woman. So the fact that you're keeping me back here is going to, I'm going to cause a big brouhaha and get you fired. And...
1: Well, when I went to college in North Carolina, they had uh girl's dorms, girls only dorms, but it's not like a guy couldn't walk in. Like, yeah, you could go visit, but then like you just weren't dorm there. You know, you weren't residing there. Yeah. You
0: and they going kick you out at a certain time too.
1: Yeah. It's a curfew and no visitors and stuff like that. So
0: no, just say you're a woman, you're transitioning to a woman and you want you identify as a woman and you need to stay here.
1: That, I think that's I used that a few I'm times. I'm triggered now. Work. I'm
0: triggered because you think I'm a male.
1: <laughs> it. I tried that. It didn't work.
0: <laughs> well, that was then. Now I'm sure you can get away with it.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah. Times have changed. We are
0: officially in the land of ridiculous now.
1: Ridiculous. Anything goes.
0: Everything is ridiculous now.
1: That's right. Men are women, women are men, cats and dogs. Cats are dogs. I saw, someone, dogs are cats.
0: I saw someone on the mountain with one ski and one snowboard on their foot. Boom. Did you? Why not? You know why? why not? Not? snowblade and a ski a snowblade and a ski you know why not everything is ridiculous why not on the mountain too
1: i got to say 9 times out of 10 i'm on a mountain i see somebody with snowblade still it, I it never really fails
0: to, <sighs> i think you want to become a snowblader
1: but it never fails i'm in europe and i see people on snowblades how, how does that happen
0: you think you really want to, you want to dip your toe into the snowblade uh
1: next life time I'm amazed at the phenomenon. It's like, it's not dying. Everybody thinks it's dead, but it's, it's alive and it's still there. You can't like, I, don't, it. I don't see people on a mono ski, but I always see people on snowblades. blades. Yeah. How's that happen? Next time you go skiing, and this is for our listeners. Notice, see if you see anybody that day with snowblades. I almost guarantee you're going to see at least one person. And the weird part, you're like, ah, it's just one person. Nobody wants to ski with them. And then they'll show up, they'll be like, it'll be a couple. you would be like, holy shit, they found somebody that actually Snowblades with them. Like, they're a perfect couple.
0: Snowbladesingles.com.
1: It's like a meetup group for uh, Snowblades.
0: They have like a Tinder for Snowbladers.
1: S- Snow Tinder. Snowblader. Snowblade Tinder.
0: Yeah. Let's go to Ski News. Okay. All right. First off, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the announcement of Originally, it was the Altera Group, and they are coming out with their Icon Pass. Well, they have, a fi- they have finally, just today, recording this on Thursday, the 22nd of February, they have announced pricing for the Icon Pass.
1: And this is a big deal. I have people, um, our buddy uh, Justin texted me today. He's like, dude, they just came out with the Icon Pass. It's going to be awesome. So,
0: This is a very big deal the there's a few different tiers to it so the
1: fuck see so so punch yourself again
0: the top of the line one is
1: i think you like it at this point you must like it
0: i think so (laughs) top of the line one is 8.99 per person usd this includes now this is where it gets a little strange i I was trying to wrap my head around this and i don't understand i mean i I'm trying to understand why they're doing it this way, but I still can't figure out exactly why. There are 26 resorts for the whole pass, but even with this top tier one, you only get unlimited access to, I think it's 12 of them. Those include Steamboat, Winter Park, Copper, Eldora, Squaw Valley, Mammoth, june mountain big bear stratton snowshoe tromblant and blue mountain in ontario
1: well from what i hear steamboat is expensive as hell for their lift tickets mm-hmm. so one week it's probably going to cover that price
0: huh. yeah right now so you get those unlimited and now there's seven days included at jackson hole big sky killington sugarbush revelstoke deer valley all the the four it's snowmass Aspen Snowmass, Alta and Snowbird together, Loon Mountain, Sunday River, and Sugarloaf together, and Ski Big Three, which is Ban Flake Louise and Mount Norquay. Hmm. There are a lot of different places, and it would be really impressive to get to all those places in one season. But if you are near if if your home mountain is one of those unlimited ones, I mean this passes a Almost a no-brainer at this point,
1: dude. I'm looking at Steamboat right now mm-hmm. for seven-day pass. You're paying a uh, thousand ninety-nine bucks.
0: Holy shit!
1: That's for seven days. So let me see about a five-day. Wow. So five days, you're still paying like seven twenty-five.
0: Okay, so for an extra hundred and seventy-five bucks, you're getting unlimited there, and then all these other resorts
1: yeah that's what i mean if you're going if you're going to do a week in you know as as a trip you're going to do a week in steamboat you you're better off getting that and then you go anywhere else especially with the unlimited yeah right because then you can do a six day if you want if you're there you know
0: yeah another cool feature of this particular pass is that friends and family lift tickets you get 10 days at 25 percent off the window rates oh nice with no holiday blackouts. And you also get 15% off retail food and beverage hmm. at select locations and destinations, which is pretty neat. So,
1: so dear Val, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, if you take two trip, two week longs to any of these places, it pays for itself
0: easily. Yeah. And again, if it's one of these places is your home mountain that has the unlimited it's a no brainer. And I'm sure that would probably, you know, when you're thinking of where else you want to go to during the season, having this pass would probably encourage you to go to one of these mountains that's included.
1: How much is seven days at Killington?
0: Hey, you go up three or four weekends, you know, that's it. And that would be your seven days.
1: Yeah, because if you break them up, you're doing single single tickets almost, right?
0: A single lift ticket from the at the window is one fifteen now. That's what I'm saying.
1: So if you do seven days, you have seven days. Uh, I see today is going to be one o six.
0: It's yeah, weekday.
1: Weekday. Mm -hmm. But think about that. I mean, that's so that's seven hundred bucks right there. You know, so definitely if you're going to go more than one mountain.
0: Yeah, these um these passes definitely make you think about your trips differently because you want to if you if you're, you know, you, you want to go to places that use the same pass so you don't have to to pay as much for lift tickets.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just it. If you're if you're going to Sugarbush or Killington and you're not doing a a a a season pass there. You got seven days at both of those. You can hit both of those. And then let's say you take a trip out to like Jackson hole That's seven days. And then you can do, I don't know, do steamboat or Stratton's unlimited.
0: Yeah. A lot of options. Yeah. That's crazy. And there's another pass too. There's the 599 one as well, which is same destination, but you have blackout days and you get a few less days at each. So you only have unlimited to nine different resorts. Winter Park, Copper, Eldora, Big Bear, June, Tremblant, Blue Mountain, Snowshoe. And you have Squaw Alpine, but you have Blacked Out Days, Christmas Week, MLK Weekend, and President's Weekend. Hmm. And then you have five days instead of seven days at the rest of the resorts.
1: Oh, it's still not bad.
0: Still not bad. Again, if you are, you know, if you're in one of those ones that has unlimited, it's very intriguing to get this pass.
1: See, and now you, get, you also get the heli-skiing, 10% off.
0: That's pretty cool, yeah.
1: Oh, it's 10% off, sent off summer adventure and then early booking privileges for winter.
0: Right.
1: Hmm. All sounds good to me.
0: Yeah. So once you, uh, if you're thinking about next year already, you can start planning on getting this pass. It goes on sale on March 6th, so about a week away. Huh, cool. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right, next up we got Aspen Mountain finds four skiers $250 each and pulls passes for ducking the ropes. So there's a new law that got passed, and I guess it's they upped the fine to $250 for violating the Snowmass Village Municipal Code, which forbids people from skiing in closed areas. Um, there were four people that were caught this past Friday, uh, and they paid that steep fine for their indulgence, which I hope it was worth it because $250 is a lot of money. Um so they're saying the first two was a 15-year-old boy and a 16-year-old boy um, at 10 a.m. And about 40, 45 minutes later, two Brazilian men in their mid-30s entered the same area, and they were also nabbed. So it's almost like a setup. Like, let's close it, make it look inviting, and then we're just going to write you tickets or something. I don't know. Was it, was it, was it a speed trap, maybe, like a, a cop trap? Uh, yeah, right. So they're saying uh, these police officers volunteer one day a week to work the Snowmass Village ski area, um, and they said they they brought those people in and they wrote them tickets, and they said until last month the fine was $150, uh, but they just changed it this year, so it uh, went up another 100 bucks. so... Uh, the other bad part is they pulled their pass for the day. So that kind of sucks. So all four were pretty remorseful about it, of course, because you lost the day of skiing and you had to pay money. Um, but I guess, you know, they're cracking down and this makes sense. They're cracking down because a lot of, uh, avalanche fatalities, um, uh, fatalities last year and recently at Jackson and Revelstoke. Um, and they're saying they don't want to have that same thing happen there, you know, so they're closing it off for a special reason because it's not safe. So, I kind of, I see where they're coming from, you know?
0: I can see both sides of it. Part of me is like, you know, screw the man. Like, I want to go ski where I want to ski. And then, yeah. you know, the other part of me is a lot more logical. And it's like, yeah, there's there's so many, like you said, avalanche deaths and problems. You yeah. know, why risk it? And the article even said, you know, the snow was so good that day. There was so much powder everywhere. Like, why did you, why did you bother even risking it?
1: Yeah. I mean... And if you really want to risk it and you want to do your own thing, go backcountry. Go take your own risk. And you're, you know, they're protecting the resort. You know, they're managing the resort, so they want to make sure it's safe for everybody. And that's why they close it off. You know.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. But be careful out there, people. You're gonna lose your pass. Next up, J Peak and Burke Mountain to go on sale in May. What? Yeah, well, J Peak has been. An interesting story the last, what's it been? Has it been the last two years? The last year?
1: At least two years. It's been, it's been going last on.
0: Years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they cut the ribbon on Wednesday afternoon on the last major development at JP coming just a few months before the resort is expected to hit the market in search of a buyer. The 800 plus EB5 investors who were defrauded in a massive redevelopment scheme will likely get most of their money back with the sale of J peak as well as nearby Burke mountain and other properties. So this is, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this story and I'm, I'm reading and trying to figure out, you know, out the whole, the whole thing. So I know you know, with this conglomeration of, you know, Vale and now Altera, there's been this power, you know, this this land grab for different resorts. And with this, you know, these um, these upgrades and then they're setting it up to be bought. And, you know, one of those is more than likely to be the buyer of it. The article goes in and explains. Now we've talked about it before, the whole issue with like the Ponzi scheme that was set up and Jay Peak was part of it. It talks about like what happened to the owner of it. And it's it's kind of funny because it doesn't seem like it was that serious of a penalty he paid.
1: It was like $75,000 or something like that.
0: Yeah. Something like that. It really was like a slap on the wrist in a way.
1: Um, I know. Quiros. Who's the main guy that got caught. mm -hmm. uh, He surrendered, surrendered properties totaling more than $81 million. They said, which included his ownership stake in JP can Burke with other properties too. And then they said Stenger, which is another person. Oh, he was
0: the CEO of Jay Peak that paid the $75,000 penalty. Right. Okay.
1: But the other guy was, I think he was one of the chief owners or something like that.
0: That's what it was. Okay, then the, the court-appointed court receiver said he's planning to market the properties together as early as May and expects to sell the two resorts before next season. And then they are also finishing hotel complexes, condos, or what was included is, yeah, it's a little, it's a little interesting what is owned by the company and what is not owned by the investors.
1: Well, and then it's crazy because there was lawsuits against Citibank, uh, Raymond James financial. Like there was a lot of shit going on. I mean, there's like, you know, there's, there's several things like in motion at one time. So it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, and there's some half finished condos at JP that they're still working on. They report they, you know, they, they fixed the tram for $5.1 million, but still couldn't keep the ice off of it. Damn it. I can that, that guy rest. to be banging away on it with his wrench.
1: They have one dude out there with a big, with a big beard, icy beard that's up there all the time banging the, the ice off.
0: <sighs> yeah, and they've also made some investments in snowmaking, landscaping. They've got some new lacrosse and soccer fields and a new theater at Jay Peak. And Burke Mountain has got a new lift and snowmaking equipment as well. They're saying that they've done a lot of you know, capital improvements to the mountain and they've you know kind of cleared themselves of these legal hurdles. Again, trying to put on a really good face so that they can make the sale and make some cash on this deal.
1: Yeah, they get ready ready for a uh, a spring summer sale probably. Wait till the season's done and then they're prettying up that pig for sale. So pretty much, yeah. Fatten it up. I mean JP's just they just get so much good snow, it's it's a good mountain. So
0: it's a great mountain, yeah.
1: And Burke, I've never been at Burke.
0: No, me neither.
1: But yeah, I'm sure it'll be pretty good.
0: Yeah, so if you got some cash burning a hole in your pocket. Maybe you, maybe you could be the new owner of, of JP peak and Burke mountain. Do. It was Powerball tomorrow, right?
1: Powerball. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got our buddy, uh, rich from all about operate, uh, earn your operate with park city's inaugural seven summits challenge. So, uh, the, the seven Summits challenge, uh, have you seen this before?
0: I saw Rich's post about this and found that found it to be pretty cool.
1: So I guess you choose your own routes, but there's like, it's kind of, there's no set format. So, um, so you, I guess on the February 24th advanced skiers riders, they're going to take the challenge covering all seven peaks of the largest ski resort in the U S so it almost looks like they're just going to scatter when they start. So, They can choose how they navigate across uh, some of the most advanced terrain on the mountain. They choose their own routes, uh, but must check in at all seven pre-designed peak locations on the mountain. So, I guess the whole challenge is to see who can do all seven, and then, I guess, in a quicker time. But uh, it looks pretty wild stuff, man. So, they're going to be at Park City, and uh, that is just going to be an all-day crazy challenge.
0: Yeah, I I think the terrain and if they get any snow would make a huge difference, too, on how how easily accomplished this is. Wow. They're getting pounded with snow. I mean, that's going to make the hiking and doing this so much more complicated, right?
1: That's crazy. So 8 o'clock, they're going to start. And they're figuring by between 2.30 and four thirty, Seven Summits Summits Opry Celebration is going to be at the Red Pine Lodge. Um, and then three o'clock, they're going to have a big, uh, big old party at the canyons village stage. So, uh, very cool stuff. That's seven summit. I want to, I want to see how far they have to like hike.
0: Is there any more details where, Yeah, regarding the, the hike there?
1: Yeah. You just click on the link, but it doesn't really tell you much more. It gives you the map of, uh, park city. Mm hmm. And I guess you could see the summits there and they have where the check-ins will be, but.
0: The unofficial course will be available on January the 29th. So it should be out there somewhere.
1: Yeah, it should be out there. So it's between canyons and Park City. That's a long, that's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, so registration opened on January 3rd and uh, it's open up until, uh, I think it's open until race day.
0: Did you go to, are you on Park City's website?
1: Yeah, but they're just showing the map. They're not really showing anything
0: else. So you have to go to
1: those seven summits. Here it
0: is. You can see where the lift ends and how far you have to go
1: yeah there it is so they say it's jupiter peak scottsbow limelight dream peak peak five the 9990 love that peak that was awesome um and the murdoch peak so they have the map and they show like where the check-ins are uh i guess it's pretty doable but like you said there's uh areas where there's quite a few areas where you gotta hike after you get off the lift there's a few that are just like it look like looks like they're right off the lift so that's not as bad. And the thing about
0: Park City now, you know, now since they've merged with Canyons a few years ago, it's just, it is a ton of terrain. And just getting over to those other peaks takes a good amount of time. Yeah. If you look at the, I'm not sure which one it is, but it's the third one from the left. It's where that gondola is that connects Park City to the old Canyons area. And, you know, just getting over to that. Takes a decent amount of time.
1: Yeah. I think that is that Scott's ball? It might be. No, that's not Scott's ball. I'm not sure which
0: one it is. Maybe Limelight. All the other are peaks and bowls. But yeah, yeah, it's going to take. I, I'm wondering how. I guess they probably tested it with some people to see what time
1: it should take. Yeah, it's not like an impossible, all like you know, two day thing. It's it's definitely within you know what is it? They allocate like five or seven hours for it, so mm-hmm. definitely doable. You're
0: not stopping. You're not kind of hanging out. You're you're kind of focused on this this mission of of hitting these particular areas.
1: I think it's pretty cool, even if you're not like competing for you know to win it. Um, it's almost like a scavenger hunt to say, "Hey, I want to hit all the peaks." You know what I mean? Like, let me try to try to make it. I think it's pretty cool. It's a cool challenge, yeah. I think this is something like you could do even without the seven, the Seven Summit Challenge. You could try it on your own. So when I was in Italy, they had the uh, what they called. There's one they called the Celeronda, and the other one the, the Grand garretts were. But the Celeranda was a big uh, a big thing to do. And what that was, it was a, it was like a self-guided tour and they actually had signs through, I think it was like you went through five or six or maybe more resorts. Uh, cause the way it was in Italy, it was like all the resorts like shared one pass. So you actually skied into different resorts, but you followed this Salaranda and it was a big loop. So no matter where you start and no matter which direction you go, you're still going on this loop to come back around to mm. where you started. So, um, it was kind of cool that, you know, you get to see like all the different mountains, um, in, in this, you know, little, little kind of loop. So it seems like this could be something like that, that you just do on your own when you, when you go. It's
0: like the Boston freedom trail.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, rather than try to figure your way around the mountain, just, uh, follow seven summits, uh, tour, the challenge.
0: That's pretty cool. So if you're out in park city, Make this happen. Make sure this happens. This sounds this sounds like a great event. Hopefully, the weather's
1: good too. Yeah, get good weather. Just pound that out.
0: Definitely helps. All right, and the last story that we have this week: <laughs> how an average American skier managed to scheme her way into the Olympics. This story's starting to get a lot of buzz. You hear about it all over the place. You know, Yahoo, ESPN. This article is from NPR. Elizabeth Swaney. She's an American, 33 years old, and somehow managed to qualify for the skiing halfpipe for the Hungarian team. (laughs) She had two qualifying runs on Monday that left many viewers wondering how she became an Olympian. (laughs) While she did one alley-oop, she didn't pull any spectacular tricks during her routine, barely even getting any air, and finishing in last place more than 40 points behind the 12th place qualifier for the finals. She
1: was barely even skiing parallel. It was pretty bad.
0: Pretty much. So here's the deal with her. She, uh... is kind of known as... Not a scammer, but she has has done a bunch of things in her life.
1: An and attention grabber,
0: status quo—you could almost say—or or finding loopholes and things. She's an
1: attention grabber. She wants to be in the finding ways to be in the limelight. Perhaps to put it nicely.
0: Perhaps, I don't really know her personality. I don't know if that's really you know what she uh, what she's all about. But she did try to uh, qualify for the skeleton a few years ago. But she failed to qualify for that. But under what
1: country was that?
0: um, I believe it was Trinidad and Tobago. (laughs) Their renowned skeleton (laughs) racist. Damn. She also, when she was a 19 year old Harvard graduate, tried to, she ran an unsuccessful campaign for California governor, losing to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. So she's out there trying a lot of uh, a lot of different things, but so many people are really pissed off at her, you know, about you know trying to do this and complaining that oh, you know, that she's taking the spots away from people who might be more deserving.
1: So they said a lot of athletes wouldn't comment, but uh, the one that won the gold did comment, and they said, "Well, good for her, you know. She's trying and she put the work in and." She went through and legitimately got on, right? So, I mean, I have a lot of good and bad things to say about this. Yeah. So so I'll watch what I say, but, um, you know, I understand both sides of it. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. It, the article mentions, too, you know, it was for her, it was really a combination of determination and gaming the system. The field is not that deep in women's half pipe. So she was able to enter into events where there were 30 or less competitors, and if you earn a top 30 finish in the World Cup event, you score points through the International Ski Federation. After raising enough money through online crowdsourcing, she was able to compete for two years and rack up enough points to qualify by performing very simple routines in several World Cup events without falling. But at number 34 in the rankings, her chances of reaching the Olympics were slim. There were 24 spots available in women's halfpipe for the Pyeongchang Olympics, but the maximum number of athletes each country can send is four. Countries that dominate in women's halfpipe, like the U.S., can only send four top skiers, even though six had qualified. Some countries don't use all their spots because they don't have enough athletes that are ranked high enough. Here's where Sweeney, being a 33-year-old American from California, was able to compete for Hungary because her grandparents were born there. Before that, she would actually skied for her mother's country of Venezuela. So she is always looking for that angle, and she's tried it in a couple different ways. And you know what? Good on her for making it happen. She was able to compete for two years yeah. as like, a sponsored athlete using crowdsourcing.
1: Racket. She's an Olympian.
0: So she really did earn it, you know, like she found a way to to make it happen.
1: Yeah. I think you know, if, if people are really pissed off in those countries, then you should get into the sport and go compete and go the same that she did, you know? Yeah. If that's what really bothers you, then then maybe you should have. I mean, it's kind of like a lot of a lot of countries now, like you, you see the warm weather countries are actually getting into trying to trying to make a statement for having their countries compete in the Winter Olympics as well. So, you know, it's kind of the same idea.
0: Sexy Tonga shirtless guy. You know, he's been doing cross country for three months.
1: Mexico, they were cross country as well.
0: Yeah, that dude came in last place. The dude from Tonga, he came in, what, 114th place?
1: Yeah, he was like uh, fourth from last. But, I mean, that's pretty – I mean, you're competing on an Olympic level. so you know, those guys are actually competing at least somewhere within a range of, of competing. Uh, I think the thing that bothered me about this was it wasn't that she she got in on a loophole or whatever. It was that, like, I don't know, I just, she just kind of skied the half pipe like like a tourist. Like, I don't know, try something and fall or something. I mean, dude, I don't know. It just seemed like it was a little... I don't know. A little too shady.
0: Yeah, but she got in, you know, like we talked about before the podcast. You know, she marched in the Olympics, the opening ceremonies. She got the swag, you know, the jacket, the hat, the boots, the, everything that you uh that all the Olympians get during the opening ceremonies. She's gonna be at the closing ceremonies. She's got stories, you know, she's she's crushing it mm-hmm. in a way.
1: I'll give it to her, but I, I still think I would have expected to see a little more effort. Like, I don't I don't know. Maybe that was a good effort. I don't know her base of work. So just saying. I know the guy from Tonga and the guy from Mexico, they did a long con- cross-country thing and they were breaking their ass and they actually had a time that was close. So they were kind of in the range still, you know? I think that's where a lot of people start having arguments about against it. They were like, well, she wasn't really at that level of an Olympian level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But she made it there, so you got to give it to her. But I can see where the people are arguing that she shouldn't have been there.
0: Yeah, she has. Like, if you follow her, you got her Twitter account. It's all like these, like, "Go, Team Hungary!" Like, Team Hungary qualified in short track. <laughs> and this, it's like, it's uh, Again, I don't know if it's attention hoary. I don't know if you know. I don't really know her end game in this. What she's trying to do
1: seeing as she's getting the angle on everything i kind of think she's just trying to exploit a lot of stuff which i don't know i just
0: attention whore like you said
1: yeah i I mean i wonder how much effort she did put into it versus getting into it versus training you know what i mean because i really think that anybody could do anything as long as they put their mind to it and they put the work in so i you know hopefully she put the work in i don't know how good of a skier she was before but you know, good for her. She was in it. I'm glad that she got to enjoy it. Um it's definitely experience that she uh and she she made she's in the record books now. I mean, she actually put Hungary on the map, so good for them at least, you know.
0: Yeah, this could get this could be the the fuel that the Hungarian ski organization needs to get people get women into to ski half pipe, perhaps. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. She talks about like day two. Of three official training days complete. I compete in the ladies' ski half pipe qualifications. You know?
1: Yeah. Well. Anyway.
0: You know what? I think anyone complaining about what she's doing is jealous that they're not there competing.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: She uh she found a way in. So good on you, Elizabeth.
1: There's uh there's way into everything weighs into everything, you know, you no. Know. That's uh, she did what she had to do. Um, you know, good for her.
0: Yeah. If you uh, <laughs> wow, if you look at the comments on her Instagram posts,
1: oh yeah, those are scathing. Some, <laughs> most of them are scathing. Like people that were supportive, I don't think were even commenting. It was all people that were pissed off. It seemed.
0: There's a lot of a <laughs> lot of angry people. On social media. So what was it
1: when I pointed out to you? It was pretty funny.
0: Yes. Involved self-satisfying
1: someone. <laughs> it was I like self satisfy myself with my right hand. Well, what was it? She yeah. was it, she skis as well as I self-satisfy with my left hand. I'm on a righty or something like that. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh,
0: She's polarizing. Let's just put it that way. According to the comments.
1: There were a lot of bad comments. This is where like. You realize the internet is just, just a lot of stuff. Does doesn't mean it's good or bad.
0: A lot of unhappy people. Yeah. A lot of haters. A lot of haters. Yeah. Um. Yeah, all so right.
1: So, kind of mentioning the Olympics. Yeah. What else we got going? There's a lot, a lot that went on.
0: Couple big stories. Um, you know, the U.S. women's hockey team beating Canada in that shootout. That was crazy.
1: I saw on the news today they were covering that and they said that one of the Canadian women was so disgusted one second after taking the picture, she put her medal down.
0: Well, no, it was right after they put on it around her neck.
1: Oh, she pissed right off. off. Yeah, 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 she
0: was pissed. I was like, wow. And, you know, like, I mean, it is heartbreaking to lose, especially in a, a shootout sucks in hockey. You know, you don't want a, a medal decided. Just like in the World Cup, you don't want, you know, a game decided on penalty kicks. It's the same kind of thing. The U S goalie, she was 20 years old and she friggin' and the way they do it. So the first five shooters, you know, it's five different shooters. And then after that, anybody can go the, so it was tied up with two, two, um, they each had two penalty shot goals and they had to go to like the sixth round, which is when you can, anyone can shoot the Canadian shooter after the U S scored, she'd already scored. So, you know, I'm sure in the the goalie's mind, she's like, you know, this. She's already scored on me. I got to be ready. And she shut the door, man. Twenty years old, nice, freaking badass, Maddie Rooney. Her name was, yeah. 20. So the girl
1: that put a medal down was she one of the girls that shot?
0: No, I don't think. I don't think she was. You're just pissed off, huh? Wow. Yeah, and you see all the, you know, of course it's very emotional, but you know, all those Canadian. I mean, there's a lot of of the players from the 2014. Game, you know the same. You know, the U.S. and Canada played in the in the gold medal game that year, also, also in 2010. You know, a lot of those players were the same ones. So those yeah. Canadians that were crying, they 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 now know how the U.S. felt because the U.S. they should have won that game in 2014. Mm. I mean, they were up 2-0. They had the Canadians pulled the goalie. The U.S. hit on an empty net, hit the post. Mm. And then the Canadian scored and then won it overtime. So wow. Yeah, uh it's it's kind of sweet that the US won. You know, a nice they, these girls. I mean, watching the women play, the US men's team was kind of disappointing.
1: Lackluster, to say the least, yeah.
0: They had a couple a couple of the young guys are really good. Like Ryan Donato, he was fantastic. Uh Troy Terry was really good. But a lot of these guys were just, they were just. Garbage. I don't know if they just haven't been playing together enough, or they really just weren't that good. But the women were so much more fun to watch. Yeah, granted, they've played with each other, you know, played together for a long time now, so they, they know how to play together. They're used to each other, understand the system better. But it the yeah, it was it was great seeing the the U.S. women beat the Canadians after That's losing cool. so many times in these big games.
1: I totally missed that whole game. I saw it was going to be on, and I just missed all of it. Um well, you know,
0: it kind of sucked. East Coast, it started at 11, and hmm. it was, so it was, the regular game is 60 minutes, you know, three 20-minute periods. They had a 20-minute overtime, and then the shootout. Oh, wow. But the game ended up being like three hours, so if you stood up and, wa- and were watching it, it was two in the morning when it was over.
1: Jeez, yeah. That's I watched it today. Different. I watched the,
0: re- you know, the replay of it. Oh, that's it, cool. was, it was fantastic. It was a really good game.
1: Well, I watched the uh, the replay last night of the women's uh, relay cross country relay where we won the gold. That was one of the most exciting events I've seen. I think a lot of it was the announcing, but a lot of it was just the heart and soul that these girls put into it. It was amazing. I tweet. I I put something on Instagram about it. these girls were were incredible. Was that the first U.S. first U.S. cross country metal ever um and wow. it was a gold so that was it, awesome yeah oh, it was just incredible um that yeah. was badass. and then it was jesse diggins and and kiki what the heck is her name kiki randall but uh oh, it was it was awesome just the, the way the intensity built up and then there was like three of them going and it was like she still like she just pulled it out at the end and and won by like a half of a maybe half of a foot or something like you know or foot foot and a half or something like that. It was it was crazy. I've been really digging the biathlon. You know that was one of those things
0: when I was a kid. I'm like, this is the dumbest event ever. And I then love that thing. <laughs> and then you 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 kind of understand the context of why it exists in the first place. You know this is the way they hunted in yeah. Nordic countries. You know they had to cross country ski. They would find their their target. They have to slow down their breathing. I guess th- th- what they do is they don't actually slow the breathing down. They they make sure they shoot when they breathe out,
1: right? So that it's they don't you know moving as much. They don't move exactly. Oh, and they're shooting a tiny ass little target. If you look at the target, it's like maybe like a five. It's six like foot, a CD, six inch target, about to the, of a CD. Yeah. yeah, and they're shooting that from like how far away? It's like a hundred hundred yards away. It's like it's not close. I mean that's just far.
0: Yeah, there's the laying down one, and then there's the one that they're standing up. And then what's what's cool too is like I, I, I'm not sure if it was if it's all the biathlon ones or just the one they had on today. You ha- if you miss, so you have a, a magazine with five shots. You Get the penalty, yeah. And they have, like two extra ones, so you have to like manually load those bullets if you miss with the fi- the first five. And they have that penalty loop that you got to do if you, if you, uh, every miss,
1: you got to do one loop around the penalty loop, which they had uh, a sprint on the other day I was watching and it was kind of chaotic. But after a while, you you see how it's going. So the guys miss and then whoever didn't miss keeps going and whoever missed goes into this little mini penalty loop and they got to do as many loops as, as they missed. And it's like, it was just wild. It was like one of the favorites missed. So he had to do the penalty loop. And then somebody caught up because he didn't miss. And and then the guy came back. It was crazy. It was nuts. It
0: about like 23 seconds it takes to go around the
1: loop. Yeah, it was chaotic. I was like, but it's kind of cool that they make them do the loop because it, it wears you out. Plus it, 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 it's a time penalty. So instead of just saying, oh, we're just going to take 20 seconds off your time. It's like, no, you got to do the loop. If you do it in 18 seconds, that's great. If you do it in 25, well, you know, it depends how tire, fast you do it.
0: You tire yourself out doing it fast or right. use more time doing it slow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And regardless, you do an extra, extra distance than other people. So it's kind of cool. Like in that aspect, like that kind of penalty, they should make it smaller. The loop, make you do it more times. So you get dizzy too. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> or you gotta you gotta turn around like you know, um you know how you do it with the bat and the, and people put it on their head and you they, they like, twirl it like you gotta do that before shooting.
0: The dizzy bat, yeah.
1: The dizzy bat. You gotta do dizzy shooting.
0: That would be awesome, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> people like falling down, bros. She, oh god, that would be so dangerous. Hits the guy in the freaking ski jump.
0: <laughs> like, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry, bro my That's bad crazy. <laughs> but those guys can shoot like like crazy like just the shooting alone i'm amazed i'm like how can they hit those targets from that far away like it's and really far too like yeah. they reload and fire quickly it's awesome it's so what fun. else what else have you seen i've seen a little skating there's some amazing skating but it, there's so many different skating events i can't i can't follow
0: the short track has been kind of fun to watch the uh the speed skating short track yeah I watched a little bit of that. And then this morning I watched the uh, US versus Canada men's curling.
1: Oh. Was a
0: Big event. Because the US is never you know, they're not really usually good finalists. And they beat the Canadians and they're going to the gold medal game. So get
1: out of here, really?
0: Yeah, that was a that was a really big event. That was on soup that was on early this morning, uh East Coast time, like nine o'clock.
1: That's like a national event for Canada. That's a big deal.
0: Yeah, to have the U.S. women beat their women, and then have the uh, the men in curling win—it's a—it's it's a rough day in Ottawa. Eh? Sorry. That's
1: right. That is nuts. So, how far do you think they shoot? So, the targets are four and a half inches wide.
0: Four and a half. Okay.
1: That's nuts, right?
0: That's not that big.
1: Yeah. And it's fifty meters away.
0: Fifty. Okay.
1: How much is that in American?
0: 150 feet. That's far. Well, half a, it's like half a football field.
1: 164 feet, yeah. That's crazy. Roughly. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, the Olympics in general, I love just putting them on and just watching something. It's kind of cool to see people compete and root for America. America. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of fun. Tomorrow there's some some big men's. Uh, hockey games because they're down to the final four teams. Oh, that's right. And somehow Germany beats Sweden who was ranked number one. So Germany plays they're playing Canada and then the Czech Republic is playing somebody else. I got to say I've been paying less attention to the men's hockey and more attention to the women's hockey. It's it, it seems like it's been better.
1: Yeah. Ski jumping, I always love watching. I think that's over now. Men, won. we won a luge, which first luge silver. medal ever. Yeah, but that's the first medal in luge ever.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Pretty amazing. Yeah, watch uh, the uh, women's big air. That's the first year they have that.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool.
0: Amy Anderson got the
1: the silver medal. Yeah, slope side is always fun to watch. Slope side was cool. Um, I didn't see any uh, ski cross. They have ski cross on? Um, I think that's an event, right? Still,
0: I don't. I don't think it is anymore.
1: That oh, was only for that Olympic.
0: It, sometimes they do those like experimental sports to figure out if they're gonna make yeah. it an event. Maybe one of those trial sport. Hmm.
1: Yeah, a lot so of I good stuff. I think
0: the name was the men's the men's uh, parallel giant slalom
1: for snowboarding. Oh, uh, oh, parallel slalom. That's right.
0: Where. Local boy, AJ Musk was competing. I don't That's think, right. I don't know if I saw it. I don't know if it was on today. And there's been so many... You're, they've been changing the schedule a lot. Oh, you know what? They did change it to the 24th now. It was oh, originally okay. going to be the 10th, and then the 22nd, which is today. Yeah, the weather
1: wasn't great, right? What's that? The weather wasn't that great. So they were changing... They were interviewing Michaela Schifrin today, and she was saying how, like... The schedule just changed a lot and just kind of threw off a little, she thinks. But, you know, she says that's normal. But uh, it, it did affect a lot of people because they were supposed to ski like, what was it, like, on like a Tuesday. And the first time they skied was like on a Thursday or something. So it's, it's it's a big difference.
0: And she was going to ski in almost every event. But then because of the way they rescheduled things, she had to drop out of the downhill. Yeah. But, yeah, she still got a, Yeah, she did great in the combined, got the silver. And then got the gold in the giant slalom, so...
1: Oh, the next three days, there's curling going on. There's going to be curling metal rounds going. Biathlon today. Figure skating. Freestyle. Oh, freestyle skiing. And then speed skating. Yeah, so... And hockey the next few days, yeah.
0: So still a lot of, you know... It's always depressing when the Olympics close. But, yeah, there's still a bunch of really exciting events that are going to happen in the next few days.
1: It's funny. You go to the TV you put it on, like expecting something to be on. You're like, there's no Olympics. It's gone.
0: Yeah. Did they right they take it, it w- away. Right now it's been like flipping back from CNBC to MSNBC to NBC Sports to regular NBC. Well, that about wraps up the ski news. This week we have for our main topic – we have a special guest interview. We are talking to JN from Lift Leash. He created this new product. He is a, a freshman in college and at the University of Vermont. And he has come uh, out with
1: this. Today.
0: Yeah, he's a hustler. He's out there. He's got this new product. And he reached out to us and wanted to to share it with, with us. So we'd share it with you guys. So take a listen to our interview and we hope you enjoy it. We have... J.N. from Liftleash. Leash. Uh, Jan welcome to the podcast. We really appreciate you you reaching out to us. And, yeah, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of information about your, your product that you're working on?
2: Yeah, so um, my product's called Lift Leash. Um, I just started selling them about a week and a half ago um, online. And uh, basically, it's a product that you uh, stick to the back of your phone. It's a little uh, mountain-shaped plastic piece that you stick to the back of your phone. So when you're skiing or when you're snowboarding, um, you can't lose your phone because it, uh, it connects your phone to uh, a buckle in your jacket. So basically, you just clip um, the little plastic piece, piece on the back of your phone into your jacket, and then um, you can use your phone fine, and you can't lose it while you're skier or snowboard.
1: It's pretty cool. I saw the, your website, and you have, like, a little video of it on there um, of how to attach it and everything. I just want to know, was it you or one of your friends that lost their phone first that you said, i got to figure out a way to solve this because – People are going to be losing their phones. Well, to be honest with you, it was
2: actually a combination of the two. So one of my friends <laughs> lost their phones uh, before me. And we oh, spent, man. like, probably three hours, like, looking for this person's phone oh, in the snow God. all over the mountain. And it's then so the, next, the next year, um, my mom called me when I was on the ski lift. And I tried to pull my phone <laughs> out of my pocket. And I just, like, fumbled it. And I just, like, watched in slow motion
1: as my phone fell. Oh, no.
0: Helpless, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> we were actually... Uh, it was Vermont. Brian and I were on a lift, and some girl dropped her phone, and she yep. skied down and found it. It was in a white case. We were just like, "How does that That's even so happen?" Lucky. Yeah, yeah. She got really lucky, but yeah. So uh, the slow motion must have been hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this was yep. built out of a, a, something that you actually needed because of an incident that that occurred.
1: Right.
2: Pretty much. Yeah. And um, I. I also work at a ski resort. Um, so I've been snowboarding for a long time. I'm at the ski resort all the time and I just see it happening so, so much. Just like people will be like looking for their phones or oh. they're like, um, if you find this phone, give me a call or just all the time. I've actually, I've actually found two or three phones myself.
1: Wow. Was,
0: uh, really? Which resort do you work at?
2: Um, so I, I don't work there anymore, but, um, cause I'm in, I'm in college at the university of Vermont now, but I used to work at white, uh, whitetail ski
1: resort, which is a small resort in Pennsylvania. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, we always see people on the lift. Like, that's the first thing people do. They get on the lift. They're like, all right, let me change my music or right. see who's texting me or, or make a call. It's pretty funny. I have a, I have those chips now that go in the ear, you know, that go oh, in yeah, the helmet. Yeah. Yep. And uh, at least it helps stop me from taking out my phone to change music, so.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's good. But so, it's still, it's still always a pain, you know.
0: Yeah, right, so right. Where, where can people find your uh, your website? Like what's your website and where can people get more information about it?
2: Um, so my website is pretty hard to find right now just because it's brand new and it's not very opt- uh, well optimized for um, Google searches. Um, but if you search search Lift Leash, uh, my Twitter will come up. It's probably like the fifth or sixth result. It's just lift uh, at Lift Leash. Um, and then there's a link to my website there.
1: Cool.
0: All right, cool. So now, so we got the story about how you know why you came up with this now you said you're a freshman in college correct and you're an engineering major i'm guessing uh yes i am that's, that's you, you so can cool. use
1: that for a night drinking on the town that's actually a good idea <laughs> right. so
0: are, all right so now I, I i'm fascinated by this because i've right. always had so many ideas but i'm just lazy so i just <laughs> i've never actually like executed like so did you do like right. a prototype and like a couple different versions of it and
2: yeah so um i actually first started working on this uh back at like the end of my high like my high, the year end of my year at high school um and i worked on it for a little bit and my plan was to do like i was going to try and do a Kickstarter or something like that i wasn't really too sure but i did a ton of research and i started prototyping um but then it just like i just kind of stopped working on it and at the beginning of this year i was like you know what let me start this product uh project up again and i made a new prototype um and kind of figured out a better way to do it than what i was trying to do before and i was like um, it was kind of it was kind of spontaneous actually. Like I've always been kind of entre- entrepreneurial and wanted to start a business, and I was like, um, it was really like, this is kind of the best time to do it because uh, it's I'm not really putting anything on the line. I've only put about a hundred dollars um, into this so far, so. Oh, nice! I just figured why not, and I opened up a website and ordered some inventory.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So now you have the prototype, and you had it. Would yeah. you have a couple different versions of it Test. Them yeah, out. Yeah. So
2: so basically, what I did is I uh, developed a CAD file in um, a program called Fusion Three Sixty, and then you can send it out to be three D printed. Um, I use a website called ShapeWays, which actually works really well. Um, and so that's actually still how I'm manufacturing them. So I use them to do my prototyping, and then I'm also having them three um, D print the products that I'm selling. Oh, wow.
0: oh that's so cool. So then, where yeah, where are they located in China? I'm guessing, or
2: um, I'm actually not sure where they're based. I could I could probably try and look it up real quick, but I it might be U.S. based actually, because the shipping is pretty quick. So,
0: oh, nice. That is so cool. So I'm yeah I, I uh yeah once you Google and, or your I'm sorry your Twitter handle, then I found the link to the site. So it's like a, a my Shopify site, and it's got the pictures there. And right. um,
1: I think you have to have an offshoot called Drunkleash. That's really a good Drunkleash. idea. Hi <laughs> to your buddy. <laughs> Yeah, let's say let's say you're going on a bar crawl, everybody should have a drunk leash (laughs) on there you go. (laughs) Not a bad idea, actually. Or if you're like us, we ski with a a big club that drinks a lot and that applies to the mountain as well. (laughs) Uh, Yep.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Shapeways is
1: based in uh,
2: New York, it looks like.
1: So have you uh, had uh, good feedback? Anybody uh, tell you it saved their phone and saved them from having to look for their phone yet? Uh, not
2: yet, um, but I've, I've actually – it's saved my phone. Oh, so I've nice. Been, I've been using it for – probably used it for like two weeks before I started selling it. And um, I was riding in the trees, and I had taken my phone out because I was trying to call my friend to figure out where he was. And I put my phone back in my pocket, my like front chest pocket, and um, forgot to zip it. Oh, And. I was riding and I looked down and it's like hanging by the lift leash. I was like, "Well, good thing I had this."
1: So, perfect. Yeah. yeah.
2: Otherwise, you're jumping back in the trees looking for that thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, I was actually I was actually listening to music too, so I guess if it would have fallen out, I would have at least have noticed. But that way, it didn't even I didn't even lose it at all. So that was that was really nice.
0: Yeah, Thanks. I guess just the one like bad thing about having Bluetooth, right? Is like it's got what like a thirty foot range. Yeah. So if you did lose it. You have like a, well, I guess, I guess a 30 foot range is better than like a, you know, three mile range. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm again, I'm looking at the site and so this is, it attaches via an adhesive.
2: Yeah. So um, there's an adhesive on the back of it and you just stick it onto the back of your phone or the back of your case or whatever. Um, And then you buckle um, this retractable like keychain type thing into the, into the part that's stuck to your phone. Now you could use that for your lift pass too right it looks like something you can yeah you could You could also use it for your lift pass um, I know they sell these specifically to be
1: used like a similar um, keychain to use for your lift pass you know, I looked at it and it's actually so my bad for work I had on uh, a lanyard I wanted to put it on a lanyard so I punched a hole in it and I didn't realize right. punching a hole in it would screw up the magnetization or whatever so uh, yeah. it stopped working I'm like what the hell Like, oh you put a hole in it I'm like screw you guys so something like this would be great because you could stick it on rather than have yeah. to punch a hole. Right.
0: So we're finding you're finding alternative uses for this already. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm a one shop all guy. I, maybe I the lift a, leash isn't the best name then if there's <laughs> so many uses.
0: The anything leash.
1: The yeah. Any, well, you, you want to sell two or three to one person, so you got to be the lift leash, the drunk leash, the you know badge <laughs> leash, like whatever you want to call it, and then they get the different <laughs> no. versions.
0: Yeah, you have different like stickiness ratings, like up to like 10 pounds, 100 pounds. Exactly. And you're a 300 pound buddy.
2: 100 pound kid leash. Ah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I,
0: I've got a little six-month-old I could test that on because that little guy is just-
1: Stick it on the helmet?
0: He's starting to get yep. mobile. So I'm, I am I got to freaking reel him in somehow. This would be <laughs> fishing, like a fishing line.
1: <laughs> Ryan, you can't keep sticking on his forehead, man.
0: <laughs> you know, he's starting to look weird.
1: He's getting looks at stuff. <laughs> Skin looks that's funny. Very cool. Yeah so uh, you're definitely good luck with this and uh, you have some any other ideas in the works right now?
2: Uh, yeah, I actually am working on um, a snowboard binding that I'm actually trying to patent right now so I don't really want to say too much about exactly what it is. Nice um, but cool. I'm getting I'm uh, drafting a provisional patent right now so I'm hoping
1: to have that done within uh, the next month or so. So, how much of a pain in the ass is do a patent?
2: Because you got to do a patent search, and then you got to do it's like such a pain. I've been working on it for
1: almost six or seven months now. Wow! Oh, wow! Yeah. And there are all these patent trolls out there that are just trying to patent stuff just for the sake of holding it, right? Right. Right. Wow.
0: need yeah, an intern already. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And the thing too is that once you um even once you get a patent uh, filed, it doesn't really mean anything unless you have the money to back it up. So I could get a patent and then a big company could just steal the idea and I wouldn't be able to take it to court. But right,
1: because they say you're not using it. it. You just had it, but
2: you're not using it, right? Well, even like it's just the fact that I, I basically can't go to court to defend it even though I have the patent. Oh, uh, Just because I'm a college student and I don't have any money.
0: <laughs> damn. So basically the patent doesn't matter. It's really having the money first that matters. Right the american way oh, yeah then. you just you right.
2: just need the combination you need the money and the patent
0: Ugh.
1: just a few angel investors and you're there uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a awesome. lawyer
0: you know yeah. be really cool a whole bunch of like if there was a whole conglomerate of just ski and snowboard investors called uh-huh. snow angels
1: snow angels. that would be that snow would
0: be cool. is that adorable
1: uh-huh ski and snowboard products only that's right it. yeah that's their sweet spot
0: maybe we got, we'll start that
1: we got a lot of ideas yeah. we got snow yeah, angels like a, it's like a think tank drunk leash <laughs> drunk leash, leash. Kid, kid leash <laughs> i like the adhesive on the kid's forehead that's the best that's the best idea yeah. Yeah.
0: that's a message what's up. oh
1: brian you could do that with gloves you know for kids that lose their gloves you put the glove on that leash stick it right on there right in their forearm
0: that's actually a really good thing, yeah. Because like I know, you know, if you get like usually higher end gloves have like those leashes on yeah. there that, that can have a little snap in there.
2: I'll never buy a pair of gloves that don't have this again. Oh,
0: those <laughs> yeah. are worth their weight in gold. Yeah. yeah. You know what's nice too? Some gloves have the little uh, squeegee on the thumb. That's oh, yeah, a big a, selling point. Yeah, I had it's... a pair of like like crappy Oakley gloves that had that on there, mm. and I was like, this this actually makes the glove usable. Because, again, the little like, dumb squeegee makes a huge difference.
1: How about a squeegee right. on the lift, lift leash?
0: Look at this. See? You can make that, too.
1: It's a, hey, a, a thing. Take
0: <clears throat> Because they Dope. sell the squeegee, and that thing, it's great, but you got to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you have it on the leash.
1: And you can have the the commercial with the music by the BG. Oof. It's a bad one. I right know. How'd it go there? Yeah.
0: <laughs> the squeegee. Right, cool. So this is a... Uh, so, um, anything else that you want to share yeah, about sure. the uh, the lift leash?
2: I'm trying to think. Um, not really. Uh, I could just I could talk a little bit about my my future plans for where I want to go. Let's um, hear it. Yeah. So, so for now, um, I have terrible profit margins since I'm having each one of these 3D printed. It's costing me about like two two dollars and fifty cents um, just for the plastic part. Oh wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to uh, once once I start getting a few more sales, I'm hoping to start outsourcing to China and uh, start having them injection molded. So that'll drive my uh, my prices my prices down a lot. So I'll, I'll hopefully be able to lower the price um, from where it is now, which would be nice. Um, and then after that, um, if I can keep generating online sales, I'd like to start selling inside um, the little shops that they have in pretty much every single ski resort. So I I would need to do packaging and then hopefully get into, start getting into those shops. So that's that's where my head's at right now.
0: Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A lot
2: of those shops you see, they have all that stuff on the front, like all the little, so it's kind of right up, right up in front.
0: One thing too, I want to think about is uh, reaching out to some of the bigger ski clubs because if you could do like bulk group, you know, some, I know we belong to the, uh, the Hoboken ski club in New Jersey. And Uh I mean, I think there's like, hundreds if not a thousand members in the club they're not all active but they have you know hundreds of people who are active and if you know you can reach out to these people and you know see if they can you know they want to buy a bulk amount or i don't know if you have thought about doing like custom custom logos on there
2: yeah Um, i could i could definitely do that pretty easily too
0: because that could be that could be a real popular niche too oh
1: yeah
2: that's a good idea thanks for that I'll, i'll i'll definitely look into that
0: yeah, sure. Again, think tank. You know, we're throwing ideas
1: Hi. out here. High fluting ski on Think tank. <laughs> Hashtag so- HFSB think tank.
0: <laughs> so how's the um? So where do you usually board up in Burlington? Usually, go to like a uh. I ride it.
2: Uh, yeah, I ride at Sugarbush and um, sometimes Jay. Okay. I love, I love Jay. Yeah, Jay is awesome.
0: Yeah. So if there. it's a
2: pow day, I'll make the I'll make the extra. Trek up to up to jay but um i'm usually just i'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm a bit of a park rat so I like, oh, okay. I like sugar bushes park yeah
0: oh nice and Stowe is like stupid expensive right especially for a yeah. college student yeah do they have student discounts at least
2: uh yeah they do they have discounts on uh on season passes so my i have a season pass to jay and it was only a hundred dollars
0: wow. wow nice
2: yeah. that is nice they got pounded with snow again this year right yeah they have been they have been getting a decent amount for sure it, it warmed up a ton this week though uh yesterday it was like i think it was almost 70 degrees yesterday Oof. wow So i don't know how the conditions are going to be this weekend but. well it's pretty ugly
0: and then it's gonna get super cold tomorrow so it can be just nice yeah, nice sheet of ice, ice right? yeah
1: yeah fresh grapes. fresh grapes first grapes <laughs> first grapes man <laughs> that's us so cool so how's college going
2: how's uh the university of vermont Uh, it's it's been great i'm having a great time um getting all my work done it's it's been kind of difficult to balance this with my classes but uh, i'm managing so far so nice up here sounds
0: like it's an awesome school it's a great great school and an awesome place so
1: yeah
0: you could do a lot worse
1: get to ski damn it (laughs)
0: you can always go back dude
1: right i wish i could i wish i could ski like just jump in a car and go skiing and like you four can, hours hey they're yep.
0: taking i think you probably can enroll for next fall
1: <laughs> i probably could
0: hundred dollars season pass think about it the student <laughs> debt is worth it oh
1: it is it is actually
0: bernie's gonna run again in 2020 he's gonna just you Feel know the burn everybody's student debt it'd be beautiful <laughs> but he cannot take the memories of skiing away from you think no, about it
1: can't. Right? <laughs> it's awesome <laughs>
0: all right cool well um If that's all we got, then uh, Jan, I really appreciate you uh, reaching out, and uh, you're happy to talk about the lift leash, and we'll have to get our hands on some and uh, and test them out for you.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Um, I appreciate you guys having me on the show.
0: Yeah, it was great having you on. And if you have anything else uh, you ever want to promote, feel free to reach out to us, and uh, we'll get you back on.
1: Yeah, Yeah, let's Let's see how this binding
2: thing pans out.
1: Yeah, keep us asleep. Yeah, let us know how the uh, the sales for the uh, lift leash go and if you branch out. (laughs) I will. (laughs) I think we'll just get them and start. I'll just use them as a drunk leash. That's all right.
2: (laughs) 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 All right, man.
0: All right, man. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. Have a nice night.
0: Bye. Thank you guys for listening to that interview. Hope you enjoyed it. Check out all the information. We have the link. If you want to check out the Lift Leash at skibumpodcast.com under the ropes. First off, yacht company says they will take Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies for payment. Boom. Crypto has been very big the last couple months. It's been quite, quite a wild ride.
1: It's all a crypto game these days.
0: It's, it's changing the world, my friend you know either you got to be in it these days
1: hey i got in i'm in just sitting uh, there i just
0: it's pretty I just gotta hodl baby just hodl <sighs> for a couple years and you're gonna you're not gonna regret it not investment advice i am stupid
1: yeah yes please uh, do not accept their investment advice. i
0: bought so much pot stock in 2014 <laughs> and i have lost my butthole so gone up in smoke that's right. Figure I'm holding it.
1: on to my last weed stock. That's that I think is, I'm still hoping it's gonna.
0: I got a bunch. Out. I'm, uh, I don't sell anything, I just keep it for a long time. Like it's my like, old shitty baseball cards, I still have them all.
1: It's like old on the way. You just kind of keep them until they run, you know, More until they break almost. apart.
0: <laughs> the good folks at Denison Yachting have announced that they are going to accept cryptocurrencies. This was announced at the Miami Yacht Show, which kicked off this week. It is our job as the dealer or broker to make purchases as easy as possible. So for us, this is just another effort to come to where the client is, says Bob Dennison, president and founder of Denison Yachting. Sometimes my friends on the dock act like this is a marketing gimmick, but we've actually gotten results from it, and I truly believe in it.
1: It's all a transaction from one dealer to the other dealer.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. So potential buyers can make purchases with their digital wealth, including Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, and Tron, a lesser-known cryptocurrency developer uh, developed by former Ripple advisor and entrepreneur and scammer, Justin Sun. (laughs) Scammer. (laughs) Allegedly. Scammer.
1: That's why it fits with the story. Yeah. Everybody's doing Tron coin.
0: (laughs) This is pretty uh <laughs> this is interesting to see, but I, more and more companies are gonna start accepting it
1: and now so- here's the thing that I so. I think that the the general idea, because I've talked to friends about this and they're like, Well, so if you're doing a transaction in Bitcoin, it's not trackable, so you don't have to pay taxes. And I'm like, But you gotta register your boat or your car that you buy. So they're gonna get you on that and say, You gotta pay taxes on it anyway. So mm-hmm. just saying it is, it's a it's a great way to to do the transaction, but
0: it's you know. The Bitcoin world is is it's broadened so much in the last six months to a year because of the increase in the value. Most of the people who were in it earlier really just believed in the ethos of it, and yeah. you know it's the first truly sound money. You know it's decentralized; it's not tied to a central bank or a government. It's it's not it's not um, confiscatable really, you know, if if you do it correctly, you know, you can't just have, you know, there's so many, you hear all these stories of asset forfeiture now where, you know, the police or FBI or some organization comes in and takes all your, your stuff, you know, look at the marijuana industry, you know, they just roll in, take your cash, take your weed, and you're out of business again. With Bitcoin, you really can't do that. And this is the first time it's ever really happened. Everything has been before been cash or gold or something that's, that's tangible and physical. And it's uh it it takes a lot to wrap your head around it if you really want to dive deep into it but the people who are in bitcoin for the long term or have been in it for a long time would probably laugh at spending it on something like a yacht (laughs) because the whole point of it is really to have freedom to to live the life you want to live i guess that, that you could tie that to buying a yacht but
1: Unless you're cashing out, if you're sitting on a few million dollars in Bitcoin, you're like, yeah, I'm going to drop some coin on a, on a yacht.
0: But really, I mean, again, like I think the old school Bitcoiners are more of like, "Mm, why would I spend money on a depreciating asset? You know, because the whole point of Bitcoin is that it's not inflationary. It's a deflationary asset. There's going to be less and less. There's only, there's like, it's capped at 21 million. And right now they're only... 12 and a half created every 10 minutes and in 2020 it's going down to 6 and a quarter. So there's going to be less and less and become more scarce as people, you know, kind of tuck them away. That why would you if you think bitcoin's going to 50,000 in 5 years, why would you spend it now on a yacht that's going to be worth a half of what it's worth in 5 years? You know? Maybe,
1: maybe 50 cent and you didn't even know you had it.
0: Just what happened was I had what? this pretty album and I collected bitcoin on it and now I have like 8 million dollars.
1: Just saying, dropping that on a yacht. Bam, there you go, son. Yacht it up. Perhaps. So, yeah. So we got some... Bankruptcy number two.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're going to party like it's your bankruptcy. That's right. So yeah, if you got some cash or some extra bitcoins, throw it into a, a yacht here.
1: Boom. Speaking of Bitcoin, if uh, I don't know if Red Stripe is using their Bitcoin, but they bought the Jamaican bobsled team's $50,000 sled. So they wouldn't lose it when their coach left the Olympics.
0: I love this story.
1: So there is some drama behind there. We still don't even know why this happened, but um, there's a Jamaican bobsled and skeleton federation. And I guess they had the bobsled coach, Sandra Curiasis. Uh, She quit after allegedly being reassigned from coach to track performance analyst. So, The only catch was, upon leaving, she said that the team's bobsled was leased to her from a contact in Germany. So she said, although it was the Jamaican uh, bobsled team's ride, she signed the lease herself, making her legally and financially responsible for the sled. And she reportedly would not return it unless the team paid for the sled. So... Uh, Red Stripe stepped in, said, "Look, don't worry about it." They did a tweet. No Bob said, "No problem. If you need a, a new ride, I love that they actually tweeted that out. <laughs> yeah, if you need a new ride, jam bobsled, put it uh, put it on Red Stripe's tab. So <laughs> I love that. So um, according to the post, Washington Post, uh, Red Stripe discussed the terms with the teams, um, with the team, and the sled cost tens of thousands of dollars, and this particular sled was fifty thousand. So instead of buying a new sled for the team. Uh, Red Stripe actually wired the money to the team to get their sled back from Kyriscesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, so
0: yeah, so this lady Sandra, yeah, Kyriscesis, she was a German retired bobsledder. Hmm. So yeah, she. Uh, it's kind of like I'm taking my sled and going home.
1: I love what they say. So, company spokeswoman Bjorn uh, Trowery said, "My expense report this month will include a bobsled on it." <laughs> um how many Jamaican guys are named Bjorn? Bjorn, yeah. That's wild.
0: Bjorn the Jamaican bobsled coach.
1: <laughs> so it's funny they actually made sure that they discussed everything and worked it out so that they weren't in violation of any Olympic marketing rules so before sending the tweet. So they said it was it was carefully carefully done but it was a very cool tweet. I like that.
0: Yeah. Good on you Red Stripe. That's fantastic.
1: Red stripe! Hooray, beer! <laughs> Hooray, bobsled! Hooray, bobsled! I love that.
0: Next up, I came across this new this product. I, I don't think it's that new; it's just new to to us. One of the members of the our ski club that we belong to mentioned this on a uh, a Facebook post and said they had a really good success story with it. And I found it very intriguing. So we figured we'd share it with you guys. There's a company called Luggage Free. And what they do is they take, you know, if you're going on a trip, instead of going to the airport and dealing with checking in your bag and, you know, hopefully, you know, if you're going skiing, you have a big either a ski bag or boot bag or both. They will take your, you they'll pick up your bags ahead of time. Ship them for you to your destination, so you don't have to deal with the airlines, the uh, the pain in the butt at the airport, and the possibility of lost luggage. They uh, so it's it's almost it's it's almost like a private concierge service for your luggage instead of going through the airport. It's a little bit it's obviously more expensive than just checking your bags like you usually would, but you can set up scheduling, and if you do in advance it's it costs a bit more, but they have a $500 guarantee that if you don't get it on time, they'll give you 500 bucks um, and they'll make sure you know they'll refund you, they have insurance. again, you can schedule it ahead of time. They have um, defined pricing and they also have, like real-time updates if you want on where your luggage is which is something that you're never going to get in your airline if something does go wrong you know if you if they put your stuff on the wrong bag you you you're lucky if you get it back but you're not really going to have any sort of you know not really know where it is at any any time
1: well the worst is you wait at luggage for luggage retrieval for what is it like a few hours and then they tell you oh yeah it's lost
0: Ugh, yeah it's it's pretty awful they have a whole section on the website you know why why use them versus any you know the regular the regular way of doing it and one big thing is is you know they have increased reliability time specific retrievals full-time customer service greater on time performance and full-time shipment tracking which that's nice it's kind of cool so punch myself again (laughs) it's something that I'd like to try just to see how it works versus, you know, the regular pain in the butt hotel or airport experience, especially with skiing. You know, if you can have your skis and your boots and, and everything have yeah. just picked up five days in advance, they'll ship it out and then you get it when you get there.
1: I mean, one of the use cases I was talking to Brian before is, uh, so before a ski trip, I actually worked. So I did like a double trip. I, I worked, so I traveled for work and then I went right to the ski trip. Now I had my skis, my uh, big bag, a bunch of other stuff. And this would have been great because I would have been able to, I fly, you know, I flew out like six in the morning and I had to go right to the office. So rather than stop at the hotel and drop the crap off to wait there, uh, and then go to the office. I could have just gone straight to the office while the crap got delivered to the hotel, you yeah. know? So it would have saved me a lot of lugging around a lot of time.
0: Yeah. Even too, if you didn't you need it there that day, have it come the next day when you're already checked in.
1: Yeah. And then you fly with no encumbrances, just zip right through and then, uh, get it at your convenience.
0: Because the airport is just so stressful. When you're checking bags and got to make sure you make weights, and it's a whole big, and you yeah. don't know how much your bag weighs, and uh, it's it's just stressful. And if you can avoid that, have them taken care of ahead of time, that might not be the bad way to go, good even if it costs you a few bucks more.
1: All right, next up, we got a, a man who died in Yellowstone Fall. They believe was hunting for the treasure that a millionaire says he buried. So let's take this back to a previous story that we did where it talks about. I think last um,
0: summer we talked about it when Kevin was on with us.
1: Yeah, and this is like something that keeps coming up. <laughs> I so, feel like
0: six months or it, it
1: and the person keeps <laughs> dying. Yeah, they keep looking for it. So, New Mexico millionaire Forrest Fenn um, allegedly said, said, and he wrote a poem uh, about a treasure that he claims that he buried, which. Contained 42 pounds of coins, diamonds, rubies, jade carvings, sapphires, and a, fog, a frog figurine cast in pre-Columbian gold and other loot stuffed in a bronze chest. Um, Ten inches wide and five inches tall. The total value of the box is estimated between $1 million and $3 million. Um, so he said he buried it. Um, he hid the chest in 2010 when he was 80 and he left a poem with clues. So occasionally he's revealed more nuggets before, I guess he passed, but, um, people are still out there looking for this, this treasure that they believe is out there. So there's been a bunch of people that died, uh, looking for it. And they believe that this guy, uh, who just pat, uh, just was found Jeff Murphy, um, they said he disappeared through the northern gates of Yellowstone National Park, um, and he was trying to do a hike that should have only been a few hours long, about a half day. Um, but as the hours passed, his wife reported him missing, and they found him after they uh, fanned out and they and they looked for him. Uh, dog teams, horse teams, hiking teams, everybody's looking for him. Uh, on June 9th, they found his body at the bottom of a steep, rocky slope. So they believe that he was looking for this, um, this treasure and uh, it's, it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. The craziest thing about it is they just kind of, so he died a while ago, but they've just unearthed that days before he died, he had emailed Fenn who had in turn alerted park officials when Murphy was reported missing. And, The man who invited people to look for his chest of gold and jewels in the Rockies was very concerned about Murphy and also offered to help pay for a helicopter to find the missing man.
1: Damn. Yeah. So Forrest Fenn's still alive.
0: And he also wrote that he had never been to the area where Murphy fell.
1: (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Not even close.
1: So if you look online, you just look up Forrest Fenn, there's follow these nine clues to find Forest Fen's treasure. One of the first things that comes up. Um, and then Wikipedia has a whole thing on it. Um, it's pretty, pretty funny. Pretty crazy, but they're saying that it's out there. People are still saying it's out there. Um,
0: well, I doubt the first Google result is going to be very helpful considering if it was helpful, someone would have already done it and found it.
1: Yeah. Oh, so they already have Jeff Murphy on there. They have four people listed as deaths. Known deaths uh, died while searching for the treasure. Uh, 2016, Randy Belieu. um, Pastor Paris Wallace in 2017. Eric Ashby, 31, uh, in 2017. And then Jeff Murphy, 53. So, very crazy.
0: It would be cool to have a lot of time off to go and try this.
1: Well, I guess they're saying it should just be a hike if you can find it, right?
0: I mean, the dude, if it is actually there, the guy was 80 when he put it out there. So I doubt it is anything
1: too technical or crazy, right? So he came out, uh, Forrest Fenn is 85 years old, Vietnam fighter pilot, old millionaire, self-taught archaeologist and success, successful art dealer. Uh he says, "No one knows where that treasure chest is but me." <laughs> God damn. <laughs> wow. Yeah, don't start looking at it cuz you're going to want to go chase for the treasure. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, right. You're like, it should be pretty easy. Let's go look for it. Just find a nice Sunday afternoon. Go for a hike. Yeah. If you find Everybody it, else says,
0: if not, just go home.
1: Yeah. Just going to go for a quick hike. See if it's there. Bada bing, bada bang. Maybe i find it. Maybe don't, you know. But it's funny. I, I, I wonder if, like, that guy Fenn's afraid of, like, People coming back to him and trying to sue him to say, "Look, you your little hoax is costing people their lives." But maybe it's not a hoax. He's saying you it's gotta there. Got
0: to prove the fizzeth. Fizzeth. That's the key.
1: He's saying it's really there. If you want to go get it.
0: All right. Next up. Again, another story that we talked about. I think last summer that's been unearthed as well. It looks like McDonald's is bringing back the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce. Yeah. That's right. Eight months, ago, crazy.
1: Goes wild.
0: Eight months ago, McDonald's tried to appease hundreds of Rick and Morty fans by bringing back its Szechuan sauce, a limited edition dip created in 1998 to help promote Disney's Mulan. The tangy chicken nugget dipping goo shot up in demand after fans watched Rick salivate over the stuff in an episode of the Adult Swim Show, but McDonald's failed to deliver and stocked too few packets, resulting in pandemonium.
1: Oh, that was ridiculous. Remember, it was like what ten packets per store or some bullshit like that? And
0: that there was lines and fights and
1: people were starting to riot like just start <laughs> crazy.
0: Ridiculous. For those of us who didn't brave the lines hungry fans or spent a fortune online to get our hands on the sauce, fifteen thousand dollars. Damn. It looks like McDonald's is going to give the whole thing another try. Recently, the fast food giant created a website and a podcast for the sauce. Yes, a podcast for a sauce. It's true, the company wrote on the promotional site. Sichuan sauce is coming back in a big way.
1: So what do they do on the podcast? Like showcase what the sauce can be used for, what's in it. Talk about ingredients. Yeah, what do you do with that? Yeah. Pretty crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad they're bringing it back. I don't think I've ever had it.
0: I'm 99% sure I haven't had it either. Yeah.
1: That's like a plum, that plum sauce. Be right? Our
0: time. Yeah. Right?
1: What is it, like a plum sauce? Like a mushu sauce?
0: Well, I guess if it's Szechuan, it'd have to be like a spicy. Spicy, citrusy sauce, right? I
1: have no idea what Szechuan means.
0: Yeah, it says tangy, which doesn't really mean much. But they, there's no way it could ever live up to the hype, no matter what it tasted like. It'd be impossible. Never can. It's just a, it's just a wonderful marketing opportunity for McDonald's. After uh, the good folks at Rick and Morty decide to, to make a big deal out of it. Which is right. funny Szechuan. how they even pulled that out of... Like, where did they even pull that, that idea out of?
1: I don't know, man. So Szechuan is a hot and spicy sauce that will tingle your palate. A complex combination of gluten-free tamari, spices, ginger, plum, and sesame gives Szechuan sauce a balanced heat. Perfect for putting a new twist on your favorite chili recipe or stir fry or chicken nuggets. There you go. Oh, I just found a recipe for make your own Szechuan sauce.
0: How about suck at McDonald's?
1: Yeah, endless supply of Szechuan sauce. How do you like that? And they mentioned Rick and Morty in this too. <laughs> it's a recipe on Vogue, and they mentioned Rick and Morty too.
0: I saw some article. They're like, you know what? I love the show, but I hate the fans so much.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, they have a recipe for quick and easy Rick and Morty sweat, Szechuan sauce. mm. So they're saying Szechuan peppercorn, salt tahini, soy sauce, light light and dark, chili oil with flake. And they're saying that's it.
0: Hmm. I actually have some Szechuan peppercorns. I just discovered them today in my cabinet.
1: What's the difference? Have you tried them?
0: Ah, they are very different than regular peppercorns. They have this, it's an indescribable Flavor that they have, and they just tingle. And they st- like the flavor and the tingling, like sticks to your tongue. It's really weird. Really? I made these, it's these like eating beans. icy hot or something like that. So, <laughs> a little bit less menthol flavor, though. Less menthol. All less right. menthol. There, it, it's interesting. I made a recipe <laughs> that I found. On Vice, <laughs> um, I think it was like Action Bronson. He made these, uh, these ribs, these beef ribs, and it called for Szechuan peppercorn. brown sugar and like one or two other ingredients there's not much to it but these ribs were so good but i overdid the szechuan peppercorn i was in this i had to go to new york city because i was ridiculous i was like where am i gonna get szechuan peppercorn i went to sullivan street spice market and bought two giant packages for like 20 dollars of szechuan peppercorns and used maybe a quarter of it (laughs) but if you are making any sort of barbecue or something you know if you anything that's just a rub and you put a little bit of that szechuan peppercorn in there you get a very unique flavor and that really funky kind of like
1: stick to your tongue tingle so i gotta try that now wow
0: it's it's worth messing around with i'm telling you
1: well you get the peppercorn and you grind it before you put it in there yeah Mm -hmm. nice all right i gotta try this
0: coffee grinder or you know spice grinder, or whatever i
1: gotta get a new coffee grinder I don't have one. I got to get one. For coffee or for spices? Uh, Both now. I
0: don't know. <laughs> well, if you get coffee grinder, make sure it's a burr grinder.
1: That's what I was looking at. Flat burr or conical burr?
0: Oh, you was, got me, man. You called my bluff and you got me. I, was, I don't know.
1: I was looking at all different ones. I'm like, I have no idea which one to get. So I just closed the web page. I'm like, I, I'll figure it out another time. I think i guess, mine at Costco, but it works. Costco. Well, the burr grinder, it grinds a little better than the other one is just a steel chopper. It's just like it's a, just
0: a blade, like a blender. Yeah. The the burr kind of like smashes it up more. Actually so, grinds it. Yeah. Yeah. It smashes it up and you get, it's like more uneven because and it, like you get more flavor out of the, the grind than you would if it's just chopped up.
1: Yeah. All right. So definitely go with a burr grinder. Mm-hmm. And allegedly the flat burr grinder is like the, the industrial series. Oh. I don't know what the difference is or why it matters, but whatever
0: you make using you're just breaking up Sanka anyway. So what does it really matter?
1: I know. Then I'm thinking I'm like I'm just gonna grind it at the store and freaking bring it home.
0: You're gonna have to you're gonna have to get a roaster then, and like getting your own beans.
1: And I ro- know that's the next step. Then, then there's more appliances that are coming.
0: You're gonna go deep if you start getting the grinder. It's just the first step.
1: I was at Trader Joe's yesterday and I'm like, man, if I had a bean grinder, I could grind my own beans, you know, cause they sell the the bean coffee and then they have the grinder at the front where you check out. And yeah. I'm like, you know, it'd be cool to have my own grinder. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, who am I kidding? I'm just going to go grind it at the front when I pay and then just use the, use the beans, you know, it's use the... there for months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd use it for all sorts of other stuff. spices, Szechuan, Szechuan sauce. I
0: want peppercorns. Really? I gotta
1: really try I'm that. to
0: get weird. I'm telling you, it's a very unique flavor. But buy the whole ones and grind them yourself.
1: All right. Now I'm gonna have to have a spice grinder, a coffee grinder. I don't know. There's a bunch of different grinders. That's right. Coke grinder, I guess. Nug grinder for your Nug weed. Grind, weed grinder. See? I actually have one of those. Allegedly. <laughs> it you was know. a gift. Somebody gave it to me. It was a gift. You know.
0: Ah, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know. All right. So I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. It does. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. <laughs> really do appreciate it. Please really check out with Send us some love. Follow us on the socials. Twitter.com slash podcast, Instagram.com slash podcast. Facebook.com slash podcast, SoundCloud.com slash highfalutin dash skibum, and on Pinterest as the highfalutins. Thank you again. Please rate us, find us, rate us for five stars if you can, and we will talk to you all next week.
1: Stay high, stay flutin'.
0: See ya.